speaker will be allowed three minutes to speak. Comments or opportunities to speak during the public comment period are available by phone call by calling 415-655-0001. Again, 415-655-0001, access code 187-785-1101. Again, 187-785-1101, and then pound and then pound again. When connected, you will hear the meeting discussions, but you will be muted and in listening mode only. When your item of interest comes up, dial star three to be added to the speaker line. Best practices are to call from a quiet location, speak clearly and slowly, and turn down your television or radio. Alternatively, you may submit public comment via email to cgobo.committee at sfgov.org and it will be forwarded to the committee and will be included as part of the official file. Please note that this meeting is recorded and will be available at sfgovtv.org. Chair McKee, would you like me to take roll? Please. Member Chu is absent. Member Larkin? Member Larkin, um, you're muted. There we go. Uh, I'm here. Member Matthews. Present. Chair McHugh. Here. Member Pantoja. Here. Member Post is absent. And Member Sanderlin. She's there. She's Member Sanderlin, you're muted. I think you're still muted. Uh, she, maybe she's having mic difficulties. I can't unmute her for some reason. Um, unmute. Nope. It won't. It won't let me unmute. You just see. Let me see if DT can unmute her. Member Sanderlin, could you please try um, leaving the meeting and coming back in?
Roseanne, if she can't get her audio and video working, she can phone in, I suppose, right? I think so. It was working earlier. We were we were chatting. I'm not sure what happened. She hasn't logged back in. Webex takes a long time to load. Um, I will see if I can get her on the phone. I got her on the phone and she said her laptop shut down on her, but it's restarting now and she should be here in a minute. If it looks like it won't come back up, um, she will phone in, but she says she thinks it'll be up in just a minute. Okay.
Is that construction noise audible to you guys? No, okay, good. So I see member Sanderlin has joined us, but I don't see she has a mic. There she goes. Member Sanderlin, are you able to unmute yourself? There you are. Can you hear me? Yes. My apologies. That was like the most random time for my computer to randomly shut down. I am back. Okay. So we have a quorum and just for the record, the meeting is starting at um, 944 AM. Member um, Chair McHugh, shall I go to item two? Yes, please. Opportunity for the public to comment on any matters within the committee's jurisdiction that are not on the agenda. Oops, excuse me a moment. I don't see anyone in the, I, we have no attendees. Um, so is it okay to close public comment for this item? Yeah, let's move to the next item, please. Okay. Item three, action item, election of chair and vice chair. Hey, Roseanne, this is uh, Ken. The, the way yes. we've typically done this in the past is um, we do the chair first. So we have a discussion. Someone nominates or makes multiple nominations for the chair. Then we have a motion, public comment, take action repeat the process for the vice chair. So I would advise us to do that again on this agenda item as well. Okay. Okay. Are there any nominations for chair? This is Brian. Um, I'll renominate Ms. McHugh. If she still wants to do it, she's got my support. I would second this nomination. Is there anyone else who would like to be chair? I'm happy to step aside if there's somebody who wants to try try this themselves. No takers. Is this an opportunity for discussion? Yeah, if any if anybody would like to volunteer, please speak up. I should like to say that you've done a, a good job. And one thing I'm learning about this commission is having a little bit of uh, repetition in time. I think it would benefit all of us if you continued, but that's just my opinion. Sorry. <laughs> that's fine. 
Okay, so no other nominations and no volunteers. Should we take a vote and move to vice chair? Before we take a vote, we should check for public comment. Comment. Okay, sorry. Okay. Um, seeing as there are no no, there's no public or attendees. Can we move to the vote? Yes. Okay. So this vote is for Chair McHugh to remain as chair. Member Chu is absent. Member Larkin? Aye. Member Matthews? Aye. Does, does Chair McHugh vote for herself? Do I do I call out Chair McHugh's name even though she's voting for herself? Is that okay? Oh, yes. Yes, yes, okay. absolutely. Chair McHugh. Aye. <laughs> Member Pantoja. Aye. Member Post is absent. And Member Sanderlin. Aye. So we have a quorum for the vote. Um, it's passed. Welcome. Welcome again, Chair McHugh. Thank you. Our and apologies. Now, <laughs> Thank you. Now we'll move to um, nomination for vice chair. Uh, this is Brian. Uh, I'll nominate Tim Matthews if he wants it. Uh, second. Okay. So now we'll move to public comment and seeing um, that there are no no attendees, um, I'll move to the vote. So this is for um, member Matthews to become vice president or vice, sorry, vice chair. Um, member Chu is absent. Member Larkin? Aye. Member Matthews? Aye. Chair McHugh? Aye. Member Pantoja? Aye. Member Post is absent. And Member Sanderlin? Aye. Okay, so uh, welcome Member Matthews as Vice Chair. Chair McHugh, shall I move to um, item four? Item four, yes, please. Approval with possible modification of the minutes of the August 23rd, 2021 meeting. Motion to accept the minutes. Second. Okay. Um, there, seeing as there are no attendees, um, may I go to the vote? To approve yes. the minutes. Thank you. Member Chu is absent. Member Larkin. Uh, Member Larkin, I think you're muted. Stood up a second ago. Oh, let's see if I can unmute him. Oh, there he is. Yeah. Oh. Hi, Member Larkin. Um, do you approve the, the minutes? Yes, I do. 
Thank you. Member Matthews. Aye. Chair McHugh. Yes. Member Pantoja. Aye. Member Post is absent. Member Sanderlin. Aye. Okay, the minutes are approved. Chair McHugh, may I move on to item five? Yes, please. Presentation from the Department of Public Works about the 2011 road repaving and street safety bond program and possible action by the committee in response to such presentation. Our expected presenter is Edmund. Edmund Hi, Good morning, Chairman McHugh and members of the committee. Uh, my name is Edmund Lee. I'm a project manager for Public Works. Uh, let me just try to pull up this presentation here. All right. So, uh, I want to confirm everybody's everybody can see the presentation. Yep. Yep. All right. Uh, so this this presentation is for the 2011 road repaving and street safety bond. Um, you know, there hasn't been a whole lot of changes since since we've last met. You know, this uh, all the all the um, original scope proposed to be funded under this bond is now complete. Um, so uh, for the majority of this presentation, I'm just going to go ahead and, and run through and just kind of highlight just the accomplishments uh, just before getting on to the next steps. So this first slide is uh, the overview of just the the funding of the bond. Essentially, it was about a $250 million bond um, split in split into these various programs um, listed here, street repaving and reconstruction, streetscape, bicycle pedestrian safety, traffic signal and street improvements, sidewalk accessibility improvements with curb ramps, and sidewalk accessibility, accessibility improvements uh, with sidewalk repairs. And the last program was street structures. So on to the first program here, the street repaving and reconstruction. Um, this program did accomplish 100, um, excuse me, 1,436 blocks resurfaced um, throughout 52 different various projects. And under the streetscape, pedestrian and bicycle safety improvements program, um, as I mentioned, uh, th so there was one project that was recently, I guess, in June 2001, that's sort of the last project from this bond um, reached substantial completion, and that was the Palouse Streetscape project. So now 100% of um, this program's projects are now complete as well. With the curb ramp program, um, we've accomplished 1,563 curb ramps, uh, you know, which has been complete for some time now, along with the sidewalk program, uh, which you know completed. Uh, 646 square blocks and um, also in square footage, um, 155,544. The roadway structure program uh, completed 39 roadway structure projects and within those projects, uh, 41 structures have been repaired. And traffic signal improvements that was mainly led through SFMTA um, there were three different groups, which was the traffic signal priorities, um, which had a goal of 440 intersections, um, traffic, new traffic signals at 10 intersections, 
and traffic signal infrastructure upgrades at six locations that were all completed. And so this last slide sort of gives a snapshot of what the current uh, financial data is for this 2011 bond. Um, as I mentioned, you know, all the, all the projects that were to be funded with the bond um, originally have now been complete. And so sort of the next steps now is to, to, to reconcile all of these different projects, confirm the remaining balances. And, um, you know, our, our intended goal is to expend any remaining balances uh, as quickly as we can. Um, in previous uh, advisory committee, committee meetings, you know, we've mentioned that there has been, um, you know, some fi uh, financial challenges with the data, with PeopleSoft in, in years past, um, you know, and those we feel, you know, really comfortable as of late in terms of the data that we can produce. Uh, now it's really just, um, you know, putting our feet in the ground and, and just really working through closing out these projects, confirming all the balances, and, and then, um, you know, expending any of the remaining proceeds. Well, that concludes my presentations. Uh, I'll be happy to answer any questions if anybody has any. Uh, this is Member Matthews. I'm the um, liaison to this this bond program and I, I had the pleasure of meeting with, with Edmund Lee a few weeks ago to, to review this. Um, I appreciate his time and, and the work of, of DPW and all the related agencies. Um, and yeah, we're, we're ultimately looking forward to this closing out. Um, as Mr. Lee highlighted, there was that uh, transition with financial accounting systems that's more or less been resolved. And it's my understanding that since there's a diverse um, uh, diverse funding streams with a lot of these projects. So that's why there's kind of these like little bits that are kind of still floating out there. Got to do the the hard accounting work now that the physical infrastructure has been, been built out. So um, we look forward to continuing to uh, make progress on this bond program and to close it out. So thank you, Edmund. Thank you, Tim. I had, a, I had a question, sorry. Um, Edmund, uh, could you tell me a little bit about the traffic signal priority? You mentioned that you're doing that in coordination with MTA, or at least that's when I understood what you said. Um, is that tra traffic signal priority or is that traffic signal hold? In other words, it holds the signal green for an approaching bus. Hi, good morning. Um, yeah, no, uh, so the that program was, uh, was, was led by SFMTA, you know, just because, you know, the, the, the traffic signals, you know, they're, they're within, you know, their, their uh, department, but, uh, but I believe it's, it's the, uh, the, the green light, the approaching light, you know, for the, uh, uh, the transit, I, I think exactly what you're mentioning. Yeah. yeah. Right. And I can check in with the MTA staff and about that, but I wanted to make sure it was the same thing. And it sounds as though it is. Yes. Um, one other question. Um, the city attorney sent out a, a memo to, to contractors last March, pardon me, March of last year about um, how to handle COVID delays and, and whether whether there were going to be time extensions granted and things of that nature. Have you received any delay claims related to that memo? Uh, not to my understanding, you know, as I mentioned, you know, majority of these projects were, you know, have been substantially complete. Mm -hmm. um, for some time and a lot of them pre-COVID as well. 
you know, the, the only one that was really sort of out there was the Palouse streetscape, which had recently, you know, in this past June, reached substantial completion. Uh, I can I can check in with the project manager for that project if we receive any specific COVID-related claims. But uh, to, at this point, to my understanding, uh, uh, I, I don't believe so. But I can confirm and, and get back to you on that one. I'd appreciate that. Thanks. Sure. sure. We have any other member comments? Then should we take public comment? Sorry, Roseanne, are you muted? Did you say there's? There we go. Um, uh, there, there is no public, so. Public comment for this item. Okay. Should we move to the next item? Yes. Great. I just. Item six presentation from the San Francisco Municipal Transportation Authority about the 2014 transportation and road improvement bond and possible action by the committee in response to such presentation. Hi, Roseanne. I, okay, good. Now I can present. Thank you. Yes, there you go. No problem. Thank you. Uh, good morning, committee members. Uh, my name is Jonathan Ruers. I am the Acting Chief Financial Officer of the SFMTA. So, um, one of my many jobs at the MTA is to be um, the Transportation 2030 Bond Manager. Um, hopefully, you can now see my presentation on the screen. So, let me know if we're ready to go. We see it. Thanks, Jonathan. Perfect. All right. Um, so uh, just to give you a quick update, we have we have four total issuances on this general obligation bond um, in August of 2021. Um, and I actually think it's pretty good. Um, at year eight, uh, we did our last issuance of this voter approved general obligation bond. The first issuance is 98% um, expended, the second 87%. The third issuance, which was done just about a year ago, is moving into project expenditures right now. <clears throat> um, and as I said, we just completed the fourth issuance this past summer. Um, you'll see uh, one of the lessons learned is we spread this bond out amongst many projects and many different programs, but you'll see um, the layout of each of the, the bond programs. This specific general obligation bond did support some regional projects, and those were components of the third and fourth issuances, one of those being the Caltrain electrification project, and the second being the canopies on Market Street um, over the BART Muni Metro shared um, stations. That project is being delivered by BART. Um, so you'll see here's the, the first issuance expenditures. Largely, we're just in final cleanup and we're, we're transferring funds that, that are still available on projects um, to other projects that are eligible within the various programs. So you'll see as an example, the Caltrain um, project there at 7.7 million. Uh, one of the things that I do wanna mention is there were um, extreme lessons learned uh, throughout the um, implementation of this bond program. Um, as you can see here from the first issuance, it took us, it took us a bit um, to get into a spending mode. Um, but then, you know, once we had gotten past uh, design and outreach, especially on Muni forward related projects, 
um, we really did start um, expending the bonds um, at a much more rapid pace. Here you'll see the second issuance. Um, a lot of the dollars here went continued again to muni forward improvements, facility improvements. So we did end up building a brand new um, overhead lines facility um, and upgrading our muni central warehouse as part of this project, pedestrian safety improvements on major projects. You'll see traffic signals also started to come into the second issuance and complete street improvements. Um, so you'll see again, uh, kind of slow startup, but then quick rapid spending. Um, with each issuance, one of the lessons learned was put more dollars on fewer numbers of projects. And so you'll see with each issuance, our ability to expend um, the bond funds improved. Um, so you'll see here third issuance, you'll see even fewer, you'll see how there, there are even fewer categories. So there was another chunk for the Caltrain electrification. Again, continued investment in Muni Forward, which was a key program in this bond and pedestrian safety improvements. And you'll see where we stand there. Uh, you'll see the projected cash flow and expenditure um, by the end of 2023, which is within the 10 year period that we had committed to expend the geo bond funds. And you'll see the fourth issuance here, you'll see very few list of projects, but much larger projects. So Better Market Street, El Terravel, which is a $100 million project. That's the second phase of the El Terravel, the Bark Canopies, um, Western Edition Traffic Signal Project. So you'll see again, in the final issuance of the bond, we went for very, very large projects um, and a very, very, very short list of them. Again, lessons learned through each issuance that we should focus on larger projects, ready for construction, um, and projects that can spend the dollars quickly. Um, here's just a quick list of projects that we have completed over the various years. So you'll see year over year more projects completed. A lot of them were again related to Muni Forward. So you'll see the 19 Polk, um, you'll see the 5 Fulton, um, then you'll start to see those facility improvements. See Enjuda Transit Priority, 8 Bayshore, 30 Stockton. You'll see there, there's that Burke facility project that I told you about, One California. Contract 64. Um, our traffic signal staff are really great at naming traffic signal projects. They so just name the next contract. So contract 64 is a series of traffic signals, um, signal replacement and or modernization. Um, I will keep moving. Gary, pedestrian improvements, Geneva. Uh, so just quickly, because um, I only have 10 minutes, here are some specific projects and improvements, and we do want to highlight these. Um, as noted, we will have our second um, of two general obligation bonds planned for the ballot in June of this coming year, 2022. So you can see improvements on Geneva and Alamany. You'll see again um, the major improvements we made around Muni Forward and streetscape projects, UCSF um, to prepare for the Warriors, and the capacity overall, the transit capacity required along the T-line in advance of the Central Subway opening um, and further development in Mission Bay. Same case in the 22 Fillmore, we're moving forward on the second phase of the 16th uh, Street project right now. Um, significant pedestrian safety improvements related to Vision Zero. Um, the GEO bond allowed us to make investments in our traffic signal infrastructure, specifically timing, signal replacement, and at 1,200 intersections across the city uh, that we have signalized, we made significant progress in adding pedestrian countdown signals um, and flashing beacons where appropriate, where that tool was appropriate. Um, to reduce the number of fatalities or injuries at those intersections. Um, you'll see here uh, another 4th Street Vision Zero project. Um, on elevator modernization, um, it's in the report and my staff are going back to look at it. So 
Elevator modernization was largely related to Muni-related facilities, and you'll see the picture there is of our new Castro Station elevator, which is an expansion um, of elevators on the Muni Metro. We listed the garages, um, our reports. We have a system that pulls for reports. Those are largely funded through our revenue bond, um, but we are going to double check on that and then get back to the GOBOC um, once we do kind of a deep dive. Those projects are proceeding and moving forward as reported. But again, the geo bond should be focused not necessarily on our parking infrastructure, but more on Muni Metro um, access and elevators. So we'll get back um, to that. And then last week, um, if you saw in the press, we completed and opened um, our Gary Rapid project, phase one, which included a number of pedestrian improvements um, and signal improvements um, and pedestrian safety improvements. So that was quick because I promised to be quick. Um, and I'm happy to take any questions. Now I need to figure out how to stop sharing. Okay. Um, this is Brian. Uh, as the liaison, as one of the liaisons for this, I, I'm going to report. But is this the time? It should should it come before the questions or after the questions? I forget. I think now's a good time, Brian. Okay. And Tim, Tim, well, pardon me. Newly minted vice chair Tim that may want to speak to, but I, I wrote down some notes and I, I'll go through them as quickly as I can. Bear with me a second while I bring the file up. Okay. Um, as I said, Tim and I met with Joel Goldberg and his staffers. Uh, he's the, I believe he's the, the chief financial officer for, for this bond. But we met on October 12th, two weeks ago tomorrow. And we re we reviewed the January, the, pardon me, the June 30th quarterly report with them, and you you heard a bunch of that from Jonathan just now. Um, we also discussed the upcoming bond measure scheduled for the June 2022 ballot, and I, as I think Jonathan was saying, one of its features is a smaller number of categories, which will hope help avoid the staff time intensive exercise of shifting money between program categories. In order to transfer money between categories, staff has to go through a, a long, arduous BOS Board of Supervisors approval process for what should be a pretty perfunctory thing to do in managing a program like this. Um, I don't know that the Board of Supervisors has taken any action to change that requirement. And given the recent problem they had with uh, PUC some malfeasance in PU, apparent malfeasance in PU, the PUC. Maybe that's why they're they're slow to respond to to that possibility. Anyway, um, speaking for myself only, uh, my venue into go back was my background in capital programs, and that's where most of my questions for the the staff come from. Uh, as I wrote in our annual report of greatest concern to me is delay claims for which the owner, in this case MTA, has to pay extra money to get its project delivered late. Um, the, BR, the Van S BRT project contractor has given notice of a claim to MTA staff, which MTA staff believes has a delay component, but the contractor hasn't yet provided enough detail to be certain of that. Um, the city attorney issued a memo last March, March, March 30th of last year to construction contractors on the city projects. And I mentioned this, I referred to this in the question that I asked of Edwin Lee a few minutes ago. Um, as of now, the city attorney is not aware of any claims coming from that. 
Um, there is the possibility of a claim coming on the central subway, but Jonathan, correct me if I'm wrong on this. There is no 2014 bond money paying for the central subway. Is that not that right? Is, that is correct. Okay. Anyway, um, as I said, the city attorney, in this case, it's uh, Ms. Robin Reitzes. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Hasn't received any contractor delay claims as of the time we communicated, which was via email on September 21st. Um, finally, I went through the the most recent report and uh, for this bond, and each of the projects reported in Appendix C had a, a section called concerns and challenges. Now, in some cases, that was blank. There were there were no concerns and challenges, but there were probably a dozen of them that did have an entry in that in that section. Um, I've followed up with MTA staff, but in doing so, first sent the wrong file to them. Instead of sending the questions, I sent a copy of our draft annual report. So I haven't had a response on that yet, which is totally my fault. When and if, if, if a response includes any areas of concern, I'll either report on that at the next meeting or I'll caucus with Peg and Ken and Roseanne about putting something up on the website if there's something that might you know, rate more immediate attention from, from Seagoback. Um, and that's it. So I'll turn it over to Tim and he can add as he sees fit. Great. Thanks, Brian. Um, yeah, just real quick, I, I appreciate the presentation and the, the speed with which it was delivered. Uh, so thanks. Um, the uh, I, I'm, I'm really excited for this kind of transition to larger scope, larger project, smaller scope. I'm saying that right. Um, but moving from a million different individual projects to, to big categories, uh, particularly with the MTA stuff, um, you know, we've got a outside of this committee deal with the, the loss of the sales tax prop k stuff and, and just generally funding transit and to to get real results on the street be it buses signals bike infrastructure pedestrian infrastructure that's fantastic so i'm really looking forward to to the results and seeing that that time of spend get smaller and smaller and and um you know the, the voters will out on the streets moving around so thanks Great. Do we want to move to committee member questions, if there are any? I think we've ha heard from half the committee now. So, <laughs> if there's no member questions, uh, Roseanne, is there any public comment? Okay. Should we move to the next item? Thank you, everyone. Thank you. You're muted, Roseanne. Sorry about that. Um, discussion item, possible action, liaison report 2018 Embarcadero Seawall Earthquake Safety Bond. Or I believe that's me. Good morning, fellow commissioners. Anybody, the public Sorry, watching? Um, hang on a second. 
Roseanne, did we lose member Sanderland again? Oh, there she is. Sorry, yeah. go ahead. My, my mistake. All right, my name is Bard Pantoja, the, uh, and uh, so I'm a liaison for the uh, seawall, which is the San Francisco uh, port uh, is currently working on this. So just kind of a, a short recap from my last report, uh, which was that uh, in 2018, the uh, port was planning on a, set, a two and a half year um, assessment, uh, which of course, you know, landed around COVID-19. So there was some delays but it's approximately three years later, so not too bad as far as assessment on uh, the Embarcadero, which is a stretch basically from the ball, uh, ballpark, Fisherman's Wharf, ferry building of the Embarcadero. Uh, the Ar Army Corps of Engineers, uh, the, the port was expecting a summed report. Um, and ultimately the bond, which if I, in my notes, it, hopefully if I'm not wrong, it was about 425 million most likely will not cover the 3.5 miles of Embarcadero. So the idea was uh, federal funding, federal aid. Uh, this is uh, in discussions I've had with the, the port. Um, the Army of Engineer uh, Corps report, um, there's a possibility of, after that report's done, there's a possibility of, a, of a, generally a 50-50 split on that cost. Um, and then lastly, the Army Corps of Engineers uh, report uh, will hopefully trigger a flood study, which uh, will be vital to trigger that federal aid. So to date, the um, flood study did begin. Um, unfortunately, it's stuck in, in a federal process and their scheduled completion for that flood study is uh, December, uh, 2022. Uh, the court, the court uh, excuse me, the port commission has uh, estimated around 700 million to three, 3 billion of proposed projects uh, in regards to safety of the port. Um, this is, uh, and many other things, this also includes earthquake readiness uh, and disaster response, along with immediate seismic risk and response risk. Um, about 20 plus projects are focused on uh, some of this bond money that we have released um, and it's going to be tied with uh, local investment. So basically, you know, sea rise, possible seismic, you know, earthquake could change everything. And, you know, everybody would affect, you know, who's going to, they're looking to continue to have a community outreach to try to work and collaborate with the, the city and, you know, vendors, pro uh, property owners to develop a plan and to get off some short-term projects. Um, so port of short-term goals and long-term goals for the benefit of uh, our coastal de coastal defense, including uh, tracking the Army Corps engineers for this flood uh, survey and the city um, and keeping uh, the fires burning on this on this issue. So basically, in my summary, I, I, I continue to look forward to talking with the port. Uh, there's a lot there. The port is there has their the report this upcoming April, uh, well, April 2022. Um, there's a sense of urgency that's twofold. One, uh, is sea level rise and possible flooding. Um, two is a earthquake and the collapse of our current seawall. I mean, it's, you know, looking at some of the research they've done and some of the, what we'll probably see in April, their current slide, their current uh, presentation, you know, there's, there's a lot of concern there. It's been there a long time. 
Uh, my biggest concern is uh, keeping the momentum of the of the priority of these issues, priority of these issues, and the schedule to get this project started and completed. But I also do understand um, that a thorough study, preparation, and planning is paramount to successful coastal defense. Also, at this point, you know our bond money only a minor portion has been spent so far towards all this. It's all just been study and research and preparation to kind of get this thing going. Um, so again, you know, to, to put it together and uh, as I say in my layman's terms, you know, cause I really look at this position as I'm, you know, the regular Joe in the, on the street, uh, looking at something much bigger than me. It, you know, I personally didn't realize, you know, going into this, what was really going on there when I walked on the Embarcadero. Um, so, you know, I hope that uh, the, the city Army Corps engineers, um, you know, that that we're able to get uh, some progress. So I look, I, again, like I said, I look forward to their, their report coming this April and I'll continue to work, you know, be the liaison and meet with them leading up to that. So that's my report for today. Anybody have any questions that I probably may not be able to answer? <laughs> Thank you, Bart. If there's no questions, do we take public comment on this? Uh, yes, we do. Okay. Um, there is no, no, there are no attendees, so we can close public comment. Okay, great. Shall I move to agenda item eight? Yes, please. Thank you. Opportunity for committee members to comment or take action on any matters within the committee's jurisdiction. Number one, uh, fiscal year 2021 to 2022, see GOBOC work initiatives, A, standardized templates, B, housing public perception sur survey, C, independent review of the whistleblower program. Number two, other committee business, A, public finance upcoming bond issuances, B, expenditure audits, C, public integrity reviews, D, CSA, Fiscal Year 2021-2022 Work Plan, EEC GOBOC Fiscal Year 2021-2022 Work Plan, FC GOBOC Annual Report, and GEC GOBOC Members Terms. This is Peg Stevenson from the Controller's Office, and I'll just go ahead unless the Chair has any preparatory remarks to this. Thanks, Peg. So, um, Item 8.1 is there to remind you of the work initiatives that we have underway with our staffing on your behalf. Um, I'll touch briefly on each of them. Standardized templates, the proposal here was to look over the reports that are issued to you and that are issued for other oversight bodies for some of the bonds and look at any opportunities for standardization or efficiency. Um, we have not had staff time available to assign to this, so I don't have a, a progress to report. And we'll return back to this when we talk about the members' terms, but um, Member Chu had been assigned liaison to this, and if and when you shuffle your liaison roles um, in the next couple of meetings, that may affect the work on it too. We all still think it's a good idea, but it'll have to wait uh, staff um, availability. The Housing Public Perception Survey, um, this is a 
the committee has had a desire to do public satisfaction surveys on bond funding and spending. We did one successfully that touched on a street project and a parks project a couple of years ago. The next subject matter was to be affordable housing. We've done one round of uh, drafting a scope of work with um, member Natoli's input. And she, as you may know, has resigned the committee um, and been appointed to the airport commission. So her, she and her expertise are no longer available to us on this. And um, I've had concerns all along with the uh, just ability to focus a survey specifically on bond funding and affordable housing. So, you know, what I uh, discussed with the chair was that we tend this thought. I believe that my office will very likely go out with a broader survey on housing issues generally when we um, get some of our city survey work underway um, next calendar year, and that we would include um, the affordable housing as a topic in that, and we would try and shape some questions that help us understand the public's um, understanding and opinion of how these things are funded. So I guess I hope it feels um, optimistic to the committee that we, we probably will be in the field with surveying to the San Francisco citizenry on housing surveys and we'll include this topic in a broader survey. And at the same time, um, we can bring you what, again, what I proposed to Chair McHugh is that we bring you a list of completed projects in the last, I think when we chose the last time from the completed project list, we looked at everything that had been completed in the previous 36 months. And the committee um, chose a couple of projects out of that to survey on. Um, so that's what I propose that we will run that report again, um, bring this topic up for discussion so that the committee can make a different choice on a, a program and or projects to survey on. And um, again, designate a new liaison to work with us. So we will go forward with a, a GOBOC focus survey and hopefully get one completed before the end of the fiscal year, but it probably won't be on housing. Um, so I'll just pause there in case um, Chair McHugh had any uh, follow-up she wanted to say on that or there were any questions. No, I think that covers everything we've been discussing. If any other members have questions. Okay. This is this is a uh, Bart. So you're saying that uh, the we originally proposed a survey on, on public housing, had a few projects, but we're gonna move towards doing a survey on something else, or that will we still be looking at those projects? We'll be moving towards doing a survey on something else. So what we'll do is run a list of completed projects in the last 24 to 36 months. And we'll put some criteria in there similar to what we used the last time the GOVAC chose their focus. And um, you can look at it. And if there's a liaison designation, they can work with us and choose a couple of projects to survey on. They wouldn't be in the housing program. For housing, we, we broadly more collectively in my office, we have other public survey processes that we will be conducting including we're now lagged on the general city survey because it didn't go out during the COVID period. And there's a lot of interest on the part of MOHCD and other actors in, and stakeholders in the housing world to do um, public opinion testing on the subject of housing. 
So we'll be working to design something that touches on, um, you know, a, a kind of a myriad of issues that are, would be in this area, you know, public funding and development, private funding and development, you know, the city's role in funding housing. And, you know, we'll work to have questions that focus on topics that would be of interest in, and focus for GOBOC. Um, and so I guess what I'm saying is the, the, the affordable housing bond funds that you oversee will be included in a broader housing survey. That might take longer, but I think it's probably the better approach. Thank you. Thanks, Peg. So um, independent review of the whistleblower program, uh, short progress report. We uh, have a draft scope of work and a meeting that's been held with my staff and Chair McHugh is the liaison. I sent her some more information just at the end of last week on which contractors might be available for this. So she needs a little bit of time to digest that and work with us on a decision depending on how we bid it to market, um, it'll be, you know, if, if we use our contractor audit pool, we can probably promise completion before the end of the fiscal year. If we go out to a broader market, it might take a little bit longer, but that feels like good progress. And I'll pause there and uh, see if uh, Chair McHugh would like to comment. Nope, that's, that covers it. Thank you, Peg. Okay, uh, 8.2.A is, uh, you have a standard report that's included in your packet on bond issuances, and I'll see if Anna Vendegna would like to touch on that. All right, I think uh, my colleague uh, Vishal Trivedi is actually here to um, Yes. Good morning, uh, members of the committee. Uh, this is Vishal Thredi from the Office of Public Finance. Uh, the memo in your packet hasn't really changed from the last time. As, as you may be aware, we've done a lot of uh, bond issuances in calendar 2021 for transportation, uh, the health and recovery bond, the housing bond, the ESER bond. We've done multiple issuances. Uh, so for the remainder of this fiscal year, we are potentially looking at uh, the follow-up issuance for some of the uh, homelessness and um, and DPH projects for the health and recovery bond that were not issued in the first issuance, and we're, we've been in contact with the port, and they're they're uh, working on their approach for the next issuance. Uh, so we have a placeholder in, in in the calendar for them as well, but uh, we'll, we'll know more probably early next year. Uh, additionally, we may uh, move forward with a refunding of geo bonds if if uh, they're turns out to be uh, uh, savings that we can achieve uh, in the spring. So nothing really has changed since the last time, but uh, I'd be happy to take any questions. If there are no questions for public finance for Vishal, we'll move on to B and C, which are the audits division, Mark De La Rosa. Yes. I'm here. Thank you, Peg. Uh, good morning, uh, committee members. Uh, for the expenditure audits, there are no new updates. Um, we do have one um, uh, expenditure audit that is on our current year work plan, which is on the 2018 Seawall Safety Improvement Bond Program. Uh, we hope to, uh, to begin that in Q3 of this fiscal year. 
um, and, and to uh, issue that either uh, towards the latter part of this fiscal year. On the uh, public integrity reviews, which is um, A to C, um, since the last C go back, we have issued one additional uh, public integrity reviews, which is on the Department of Building Inspection. Uh, we issued that on September 16th. Um, we are working on three additional current uh, assessments, uh, one at the PUC, another at the Department of the Environment, um, and then one on citywide ethics reporting requirements. Uh, that's the one that we, uh, we've we been uh, working on that basically touches on the various city departments uh, compliance with ethical reporting. And that's all that I have for the expenditure audits and public integrity. Uh, happy to answer any questions. Thanks, Mark. If there are no questions or comments for Mark, um, item D is our work plan, um, my unit, performance unit, and Mark's unit, the audits unit. Um, we have a, it's just here as a standing item. We don't have a formal report to you at this time, but we do at your next meeting in December. So at your December meeting, you'll be hearing from us a more general progress report on how we're doing with getting back to full staffing and progressing through our planned uh, work plan. Um, E is the committee's work plan. Um, no changes since the last time. As far as I'm aware, we included it again in the packet that you received. Um, and so you can see the agenda items that will be coming up in December. Um, the only change to this, I think, is also goes to the next item F, which is moving out the calendar for issuing your annual report. Um, so I'll just transition into that. Um, uh, many of you submitted your content for the annual report. Thank you. Um, there were a couple of items that were a little bit lagged. Fortunately, um, Jane Natoli did write content on the housing bond work that she had done before she resigned. So we now have that and um, but that's very good news. We'll be compiling all of your submissions into a draft and um, getting to common formatting and that type of thing. We're a little bit delayed in the um, schedules that my office will prepare to attach to your report, which is a broad summary view of scope, schedule, and budget. But we will get those done and compiled and provide the chair and vice chair with a reviewable draft um, along the lines of the calendar that I included in your packet. I don't see any um, thing that should get in the way of our being able to have a draft go out to you with your packet for before the next meeting and then to approve it at your December meeting. Um, so uh, Chair McHugh, anything you wanted to add on that? I, I'll reach out to individuals if we um, have any questions or need addition on the content. Nothing to add. Okay, great. Um, Last but not least on the members terms. So um, we, there was already one open seat and um, Jane Natolia's resignation creates another open seat. Um, the seat that was open is nominated by the Board of Supervisors. Jane's seat is nominated by the mayor. We've reached out to the nominations um, staff 
responsible in both cases. And um, I will personally dog them and work with them to see if they need help researching possible candidates and calendaring the processes that need to take place to make appointments. Um, it would be great, our conversation had been with the chair, if um, we can have new members nominated in time to seat them at the February meeting. Um, I December would be great, but I don't think that's realistic um, given how long it takes to, to find people and in the board's case to step through their public process that's involved. Um, so that's just to touch on the open seats. You know, and our conversation was that when hopefully we do have new members available and seated by February, um, at that time, it's probably smart to relook at the liaison assignments just because you'll have new people to spread the workload to and a couple of gaps. Um, so I will pause there and turn it over to Chair McHugh for any comments you'd like to make on this subject. Yeah, I don't have any comment. I think we're running low on comments here today with the low attendance. <laughs> But we can we can revisit all of this in our next uh, December meeting if we have more more members present it might be valuable. And I will. Ben Rosenfield is also um, interested and willing to help us um, lean on the appointing offices and help them see candidates. So I will use his his good offices to help get that done. Okay. Um, and then lastly, we wanted to make you aware of a resolution that we uh, will add to your December agenda. This is where um, all the uh, public bodies of this type need to pass a resolution, making findings and authorizing your continuing um, to meet uh, remotely while the COVID emergency order is in place. So just so you're not surprised, that'll be on your next agenda and I'll see if um, Ken Rue would like to comment on it. Um, yeah, just as a general sort of background on this. So our meetings laws are artifacts or not artifacts, the creatures of state law, the Brown Act and local law, the Sunshine Ordinance. Both of those require us to meet in person, public comment, a lot of the uh, uh, routines that you're familiar with. When COVID struck, both uh, the state acting through the governor and the city acting through the mayor suspended a lot of the requirements relating to open meetings laws, including the requirement or the prohibition against meeting remotely. In I think June of this year, the governor um, amended some of his changes to the Brown Act. And one of those amendments requires public policy bodies like this committee starting um, this fall to pass a resolution, I believe every 30 days that uh, describes why they will continue to, to meet remotely. All of our public policies will be doing that. And we, our office has drafted a kind of a form that our public policies can, public policy bodies, bodies can adopt. And as Peg said that, you'll be seeing that at your next meeting. And I'm happy to answer any questions anybody might have. So what is the uh, 
what does it look like? We're going to decide whether we stay virtual or meet in person. And yeah. The current kind of standing with that. I'm, I'm sorry, that, that is exactly right. And and so the assumption is we'll continue to meet remotely for a while. I have to talk to some of the folks in my office to confirm what our citywide advice will be. But certainly through the end of this year, this calendar year, I would expect us to continue to meet remotely. Are there any committees meeting in person? None that I'm aware of. Okay. Hey, do you know of any? I am not aware of any. Only the Board of Supervisors and no public joins that meeting, just the members. Right. Okay. So that concludes the items on eight. And um, again, I will reach out to people individually to make sure we have all the content for your draft annual report. And uh, thanks. Thank you, Peg. Thanks, everybody. Do we need to check for public comment one last time? Yes, we do. Every every item we need to check for. There, um, there are still no attendees. So can I close public comment for this item? Please. And uh, may I adjourn the meeting? Yes, please. So we will meet again in December, then? Yeah, just to remind people, we moved up the meeting date, not the fourth Monday, just to get off the holidays. So it's December 6th. December 6th. Great. Okay, thank you, everyone. Thank Thanks. you. For the thank record, you. the meeting's adjourned at 1040.